Hello and welcome to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes and I'm your host. Today I have my Mercedes from Trim Salon in Washington, D.C. Mercedes, would you introduce yourself, please? Hello, my name is Mercedes Ortiz Olivieri. I am a native of the Washington, D.C. area and I have been doing hair or been in the hair industry since November of 1994. Nice. Awesome. And uh, your salon is in Adams Morgan. It is. It's right? in Adams, DC. Yes. And uh, how many uh, chairs do you have in in your salon? So typically, pre-COVID, we had five chairs. We are still not operating at full capacity yet. Uh, right now, we just introduced a fourth chair um, to kind of start stepping up the efforts to go back to capacity, but we're not comfortable with that. And there are six hairdressers that work at the salon, so we have. Less chairs than stylists. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I think um, a lot of st- salons I've talked to have had to go on some sort of part-time uh, schedule or like block scheduling or something. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so why don't you? Uh, I'm curious to hear your story uh, from like aspiring stylist to becoming a salon owner. I know I'm, I'm sure there's a lot in there, but um, Maybe you could share with us your highlights and uh, stuff that you might have learned on the way or stuff that you're excited about sharing. Yeah, sure. Um, so I decided to work in a hair salon when I was going to college for a philosophy degree that I did not want to pursue because my parents wouldn't let me go to the art school I wanted to. And I realized that I could actually have like a professional, respected career in this industry, or at least in my mind, I really kind of envisioned it. And I decided to drop out of college and go to hair school. And I dropped out of hair school. And then I went to another hair school um, and dropped out of that one and started working. I, during that time, I had been working at a salon that had a very strong, respected training environment and apprenticeship program. So I did the apprenticeship program. Like I used my schooling to test out of like the theory part of the apprenticeship program and then did a hardcore apprenticeship for about a year and a half. It was great. It's great. It was, I, I, I'm very thankful that I entered the industry the way that I entered the industry. Nice. And I kind of grew up in that salon. Like I spent 10 years there and I'd worked at a couple salons before that, like as a receptionist and as an assistant, but where I finally did my apprenticeship program, I ended up spending 10 years there. Nice. That's, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people want to, want to leave after not long after apprenticeship. So that's good to hear that, you know, you got, you had, you were somewhere that you could stick around. I mean, yeah, I don't know if it was part of like a devil, you know, situation. Uh, It definitely got bad at some point. And that's definitely why the majority of us actually ended up leaving right around the same time, including one of the owners. So, yeah. And, um, so you're, you go through your, your training and, uh, you finish your apprenticeship, you're working at a salon for about 10 years and, um, then you leave. So where, what happened after that? Did you, is that when you opened the salon or did you go to another salon? Another salon. So I was living the, the salon where I did my apprenticeship was in the suburbs in Northern Virginia. And I left to go work. I had been living in DC proper for several years at that point. So I went to a salon in DC and worked there for another 10 years. And I was their director of education for a period of time and was very invested in bringing people in. But um, I didn't have very much support. So I would bring in educators and then hairdressers wouldn't show up to the classes. 
So it was just one of those things that like, I was really dedicated and hardcore about like pursuing developing an education program at this specific salon, but I did not have the support that one would need from the owners to implement the program that I really thought would help and be, I mean, like just literally make it mandatory for them to show up to classes three times a year. You know what I mean? Like four yeah, times. Yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. And- uh, yeah. So that's kind of how that happened. And then, um, I, the owners of that salon. So, uh, there was an original partner, like husband and wife partnership that owned the salon. And then at some point they branched out and opened another salon. And then they brought in two partners to that salon where I was working. Um, and those two partners were really, they really made things pretty unstable in the salon environment. And that was really what kind of pushed me to leave. Um, I probably would have stayed there because I was very busy and the, the original partners were supportive of me in my personal life in the sense that like they would have done whatever I needed them to do for me to keep me there. I don't know how to explain that, but like I had health insurance, you know, they, um, supported me when I was really sick for a period of time. They did a lot to help me, or at least what I thought was a lot at that time. Um, so the new partners really kind of made everything really unstable and made it created a very toxic workplace. Um, and at some point they actually asked me to buy them out. Okay. Uh, it's a really weird story, a really weird situation. Cause they asked me to buy them out and I was like, Oh, thankfully, like I will happily get you out of my life. If this means that like, you know, bring introducing stability, but a, I didn't really want to become my coworkers boss all of a sudden. And I had trepidation about partnering with somebody, the other, the original partners who had been my boss. Um, but I was going forward in good faith and, um, meeting with the original partner. I know some players that are kind of maybe getting lost here, but the original partner and I were having meetings to talk about the valuation of the business and how much I should pay for it. And he was finding out that his partners were asking for a lot more money than he thought that they were worth, you know, to to buy them out. So he had conversations with me about like, no, that it's not worth that much. You know, like their, their portion is not worth what they think, what they're trying to tell you it is. But in the meantime, I started the financial preparation to assess, like to understand how to evaluate a business, how to write a business plan, all these things so that I could look into either my husband and I taking out like a loan against our house, all these sorts of things, like different financing. So it really prepared me uh, for when I got the phone call from a friend that worked at Trim asking if I was interested in buying it because I had offhand made a comment about that three years prior because the owner was looking for a buyer. And I was like, am I ever? <laughs> it's a much better nice. cultural, it's a much better cultural fit. It was a much smaller salon in my favorite neighborhood in DC. Like it just for so many reasons made so much more sense. But I was not ready three years before. This was totally the moment because I was already, you know, preparing myself financially, emotionally, and you know, learning about different ways to um, go about buying a business and running a business. So it kind of set me up to like pursue that and do well with it and then go forward with it. Nice. That's awesome. And yeah. uh, so how long did that process take to become becoming a salon owner? 
So from that phone call from a friend of mine that worked at Trim, who still works at Trim, um, to purchasing the salon, probably about four months, three, four months, the conversation, because the owner at the time of Trim lived in Latvia. So everything was via email. And her, fortunately, knew who each other were before this. I was not just some total stranger walking into a situation. And she was like old acquaintances with my husband and her husband and my husband played you know, music together. So it was one of those things that it really seemed like a conversation among friends who'd never met. Okay. So it went smoothly well, and it just seemed like exactly where I needed to go. Nice. That's so awesome. That when I broke the news to the original partner at my old salon, that he was like, no, this is the best thing for you. <laughs> he was like, this wow, is- that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Um, so in the, within that uh, story, I heard a few uh, points that I thought um, that, that I thought were really interesting. Um, you were talking about, you know, if you're uh, one, you buy like, how do you think that they just they decided that you would be the person to ask to buy them out? Like, were you already talking to them about stuff like that? No, they just knew that I had uh, kind of a, a sense for what should be happening in the business. Um, okay. I was giving them feedback on a regular basis about things. And I don't mean like criticisms. I mean, like helping them implement, like, I don't know, like bringing in educators and other, I, I, I'm having a hard time remembering kind of some of those details, but I was somebody they would go to. I okay. was like they trusted to like talk to about business ideas and things um and whoever they whoever they sold their portion of the business to had to be approved by the original partner because it was part of the legal arrangement so they knew that he would not mind having me as his business partner since I had been his head of education and at some point had kind of been a de facto manager of the salon when he wasn't around gotcha so um so if, if there's a stylist out there that's working in a salon and uh, they want to become a salon owner one day and they think that uh, they would like to work at the salon, they want to would like to run the salon that they're at, which I personally know some people that that would apply to. Uh, are you, would you advise, would you advise that them to uh, inject themselves in a uh, constructive way to talking about business stuff the way things relative to improving the business on a regular basis? Like, would that be, would that I mean, be like a lesson from it, that? It, it really, uh, if, if I understand what you're saying, like it really just depends on whether or not they trust what kind of a relationship would they have with the owners? Because yeah, like yeah. some owners might take it as a threat and uh, be uh, on poorly. And some might take it as an opportunity to like mentor somebody and take them under their wing. Um, okay. The original partner at the salon did take it. He was very gracious and the idea of me being his business partner and was educating me in a lot of ways about things that I would need to know in order to run a salon, not just be his business partner. Um, granted, it was in good faith that I would be become his business partner. But the the reason me buying that one partner, those partners out of the salon fell apart was because the wife disappeared for three months and nobody knew where she was. It was a story that like, it, it sounds like out of a movie, out of a book, like just kind of unbelievable. Nobody knew where she was. So when I got the phone call from my friend, like the original partner very much understood why I was not going to end up being his business partner. 
he was like, well, that can't happen now because she's missing. She showed up three months later. After a month, we knew she was safe, but that was all we knew. Um, That conversation started. And then when I called him to tell him, I said, you know, this conversation shortly started after so-and-so disappeared. He's like, no, this makes sense. (laughs) This this is the right thing for (laughs) you. So I was very grateful to know that he probably would have had my back. And I felt that way throughout the whole process that he was probably going to be supportive of me. So that was great. But um, it really just depends. It depends on what kind of a relationship you have with the owners or the bosses. Okay. So if someone's not necessarily trying to get, uh, become an owner at the salon they're at, but they are interested in, in uh, going from either stylist, aspiring stylist to uh, salon owner. Uh, do you have any advice for them? Yeah. I mean, get a coach, get a coach. Okay. Talk to other salon owners, like other salon owners, not your salon owner. Uh, talk to other salon owners, get a coach that is experienced in this. Um, something I wish I had had from the very second I bought the salon and maybe even like a month beforehand would have been to have a coach. Um, somebody who's experienced and that you trust, like definitely research your coaches. I wouldn't go to just any coach. Um, but it really helps kind of frame your mindset in a way that is actually helpful and, um, productive. Okay. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, um, so I, I want to hear about your, your salon, your brand and culture, et cetera, but um, we're going to talk about that next, next time. So uh, until then, thank you so much. And um, we'll, I'll see you again soon. We'll do. All right.